man who needs no introduction. He is a man who has my heart. He is the man who has the church's heart. He is the man who dreams revival. He is the man who spearheads church planting organization. He is all over the internet. He is all over Instagram, Facebook. I am not talking about Jesus, just in case you got all spiritual and are trying to wonder what's happening. Pastor Priji Just a word of introduction, though he needs none. Um, the one thing that, that really hooked me when I met him for the first time was at the age of, I met him when he was 22. Shouldn't give up the age, right? Okay, 22. At the age of 22, I got to know that a traveling pastor was coming to Delhi to, um, to attend a conference. And I see this guy in shorts, okay? Like, I come from a background where uh, ministers are, they, they wear those white long robes and they have uh, respectable beards and white hair and you know you look up to such a person and I see this guy with uh, a goatee, black goatee in that too, uh, shorts and his loose t-shirt and he's sitting there and he's tapping on his laptop and, and I'm like hey I thought a pastor was supposed to come, I didn't expect a hip hop star here, I don't know what he's doing and Getting to know him in that one year reveals so much about his passion and his desire for Jesus uh, that, you know, I really got hooked on. So now it's not going. And uh, he's had a heart for ministry at, right from the age. He entered ministry at the age of 13. And uh, it's my privilege to introduce him to this conference. And he's, he's, he's out there. Yeah. Can we all... Put our hands together and welcome Pastor Fiji. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Welcome everybody to this year's Revival Dreamers Conference. I'm so excited. Um, we are only half the capacity of what we had aimed for, what we had dreamt about. But that's perfectly fine, amen? Uh, it's the fact that Jesus is here. This morning I was reading the story of Gideon's 300 who fought a mighty battle and, and won the victory for Israel. And I, I believe that if God can win a nation with Gideon's 300, I think more can happen in the New Testament with the power of the Holy Spirit with you and me in this place. Amen? Come on guys, you have to be excited this morning. Remain excited. The more we are excited, the more we express our excitement, the more we catch on to, to what God is releasing in this place, the more God will pour out himself in this place. Amen. The more we are hungry, the more God will release himself. Amen. I really want to honor all the men of God who are in this place. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, I'm the youngest of them and I feel so embarrassed to even preach when they're around. Uh, you know, I, in fact, I suggested this to Pastor Josh. Uh, Pastor, you don't have to attend all the sessions, you know. You're, you just have to come when your session is there so that, uh, you know. I, I, but it's such an honor to have all of you uh, dear leaders in this place. In fact, we have one pastor, Pastor Sukhdev, who's come all the way from Orissa. Um, I ministered in Pastor Sukhdev's church 
while back and, and, and since then he's kept in touch and, and every, every decision that he makes, he will call me up and he will, he will ask for prayer, he will ask for, for guidance before, I, I, I mean these leaders, you know Pastor Subdev, he's so much more elder than I am, he's been in the ministry more longer than I have been but you know I, I honor you Pastor Subdev, thank you for coming all the way and uh, being here tonight and, and being with us, he's just come to receive and just come to uh, you know to receive the ministry in fact they have an amazing ministry back there in Orissa uh, you know about multiple churches we have Pastor Caroline who has come all the way from uh, Kenya thank you Pastor Caroline thank you for coming she I, I still remember, this is, this is really funny, but I, I, you know, not to embarrass her, but you know, very funny. I still remember the first email that I got from her. You know, I got an email from her saying, Pastor, I want your umbrella. And I was, uh, I was, I was very confused. I'm like, I'm here in Bangalore and she wants my umbrella. How can I give her? And, and uh, that's a very unusual request that I got saying, I want your umbrella. And later on, while conversing, uh, she, she, uh, she explained that she wants to come under the umbrella of our ministry and 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 we have a church back there in Kenya in in a place called Nyeri the church is called Nyeri Revival Center this is the second time Pastor Caroline has joined us for the conference amazing experience really anointed but she has come to receive from uh, our group amen so we honor all the, all the uh, pastors who are already here. Pastor Mark, he's come from Pune. Uh, I think he's a friend of Ruani. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for coming. Every, you, know, you know, the one thing that marks a true man of God is the desire to learn. Somebody who, who wants to learn will never become stagnant. Somebody who wants to learn will never stop growing. Amen? And I also want to thank James and his team for coming. And I, I mean, you know, we're going we're gonna to bless them. We're going to honor them. But... I have to let you know this, you know, they came in their own expense. They, uh, I told them it's a small conference, I told them, but they said, no, no problem, Pastor, we will put the funds in our band and we'll come just to bless you guys. And, and it's so amazing to have uh, the team here. In fact, in fact, his wife, uh, is it okay if I tell them? Uh, his wife is pregnant in, and uh, she was... She was, supposed to, she was supposed to be here with us, but you know, because of that, she couldn't travel. And it's such an honor to have an amazing team with us. Amen. So we're going to spend this next couple of days to learn from one another. It's not just the sessions that we're going to learn in. We're going to learn from our personal interactions with each other. Okay, that is why we have an overnight camp. That is why we are not going back home and coming back again. The reason being that you're going to have a lot of personal time with all the men and women of God in this place. Amen. And I also want to a big hats off to all the future pastors, evangelists, prophets, apostles, evangelists, teachers, worship leaders in this place. Come on, give yourself a big, big round of applause. Because I believe that you're not here by mistake. That you're not here by coincidence. Amen. You're here because God has handpicked you for revival. Nothing less. Nothing small. God has handpicked you to send revival in our generation. You know, I was, I was so blown away by, by reading stories of, of men and women of God who waited on God for revival. And not, not a single one of their stories were easy. 
when so many times we get discouraged because of the troubles that we face and we, we think that God can never use me and God will never use me. But I, I want to encourage you friends. I want to encourage you my dear brothers and sisters and, and colleagues in the vineyards of God. I want to tell you that there is a revival coming and when it happens, when it comes, God is going to use you. And conferences like these are to equip you, to tell you who you got to be. What you've got to be doing. You know, where should God find you when he wants to send a revival. Amen. And, and I hope that, we, that every one of us, we will prepare ourselves. We will prepare our hands for war. The Bible says, this is in the Old Testament, that, that one man will drive a thousand away. And two will drive 10,000 away. And I think we are a group of 40, 50, I think we have about 65 registrations. And, and, and I think that we have the capacity to bring India to the feet of Jesus. We have. We have the spiritual capacity. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit inside of them and still they could drive a thousand and ten thousand away. In the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. I mean, I think it's, it's nothing is impossible for you. Amen? Absolutely nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible through him who, who, who would want to believe God for going for this. Uh, step by step over the next three days. Uh, Pastor Josh is going to be ministering. Uh, Ruani. Both of them have an apostolic mantle. You know, they're very, very beautiful how God has used them. Wherever God has sent them, God has, God has used them to shift cities, nations, and, and we are honored to have them with us. And we're going to go step by step. Is that okay? We're going to go step by step. And everything that we do, we're going to ask God, Lord, can, can, you, can you help me grow one step more? We are not trying to make giant strides. We are not trying to uh, reach the palace from the pit to the palace overnight. How did God take Joseph? One step at a time. One day at a time. Amen. So everything that God brings your way, there will be lessons, there will be stuff that God wants to minister to your heart. You might not take back every verse and every point that we share in this conference, but there will be at least a few things that will transform your life. I believe that from the bottom of our heart. We have been praying the prayer team in our church. We have been praying for that and we believe that it will happen. Amen. Let me ask you, what is the theme of this camp? Sorry? Dreaming revival. Of course, we are here to dream revival, but we had a specific theme. A few of you guys have heard. It is, it is John chapter 7, verse 37, 38, and 39. So I'm just going to stick to these three verses over the next three days. Is that okay? Can we read the verses together? The verses are on the screen. But that doesn't mean that you cannot open your Bible. You can still open your Bible. But the reason it's on the screen is so... I enjoy when all of us read the scriptures together. Okay, So when we read the scriptures together, these are the scriptures that we're going to read. This is from the New Living Translation. And when we read them together, we're going to read and we're going to declare this into the atmosphere. Every day for the next three days. Amen? Amen. Let's go. John chapter 7, verse 37, 38 and 39. One verse at a time. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Amen. We'll stop there. Please go back. 
Please go back. We'll stop there. We'll go one verse at a time. What is this verse speaking about? What does it say? On the last day of the feast, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted. And you know, this, there is something really prophetic about the times that we are living in. The time that we are living in, I don't know if you realize this, but this is the end times. These are the last days. This is the end season. You know, Apostle Peter, when he began preaching about 2,000 years back, he said, these are the last days that the prophet Joel prophesied about. That was about 2,000 years back. If those were the last days, then I'm assuming that this is the last few hours. Amen? We are in the last few minutes. Or we are probably in the last few seconds for the history of all humanity to come to a climax. And I believe that before Jesus comes, there will be a great and powerful and mighty revival that will sweep from nation to nation from continent to continent, from church to church, it, Jesus will not come. I'm 100% sure of that. That Jesus will not come before a mighty revival that will sweep the length and the breadth of our nations. Amen. Because Jesus said this in Matthew 24. He said, before that day comes, the gospel shall be preached unto the ends of the earth, all over the world the good news of this kingdom shall be preached all over, everywhere so I have to tell you this is an urgent message that I'm bringing to you, we don't have time to waste this night we don't have time to waste in this season, we are in a season where, where it's urgent for us to move fast to move quick, not, not I'm, I'm not saying that you will become a, a, a 5,000 member church overnight, that might not happen. I'm not saying that you will become the prime minister of this nation overnight but what I'm saying is that you don't have time to waste on the small petty little things that we we think this is my life and you know if I don't have that guy then I have lost my life. If I, if I don't marry this girl then I think my life is uh, not worth it. I think we are far beyond that point right? Because we are in the last days. We are in the last few seconds. We have to learn how to let go of those tiny little petty issues that we hold on to. I don't care what is it that, that you are holding on to. Uh, let me tell you this thing. Unless you let go of that, you cannot reach out and, and hold on to the promise, the price that God has prepared uh, for you ahead of you. The, 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 the very fact that you're willing to let go of your past, the very fact that you're willing to let go of yourself is your mere qualification for God to promote you. God cannot promote you till you remain attached to your past, until you remain attached to your brokenness, until you remain attached to the, the, the small things in life and, 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 and you keep boasting and you keep uh, uh, you know getting uh, drawing sympathy from the things that, uh, that, that I am weak and I don't have anybody to take care of me, I don't have enough money and wait a minute, disconnect yourself from them and, and, and press on to the promise that God has in store for you. Only then and only then because every one of this is waste of time. All amount of cribbing is waste of time. How many of you can agree with me? Tell me that 
all your murmuring put together you have earned one blessing from heaven the god said my son you have murmured for three long years now i am going to because of your murmuring i am going to bless you anybody in this place in fact the bible says because of their murmuring the israelites lost their promised land uh, um, an entire generation got wiped away because of their murmuring because they were attached to their past because they were attached to their egypt because they were attached to their slavery because that bondage though they were technically out of their bondage the bondage was still their hearts were still bonded to their bondage isn't that crazy that, that we can be in church year after year, day after day, every Sunday, hear a revival sermon in church and still remain attached to the bondage of our past. And God is releasing. I, I, this was not prepared. I, I'm just speaking as the Holy Spirit is leading me right now. But God wants to release some people from our past. If you don't disconnect from your past, you cannot step into the promises of God. You cannot step into your future. So prepare your heart. Prepare your heart to receive what God is about to do. Amen? Amen. The next verse, it says, read it with me. We're going to read all these three scriptures together. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Amen? And then the Bible says, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Amen. Isn't, isn't that an amazing scripture? Isn't that an amazing door that the Lord is opening up and saying, Hey, you know what? This is all that you need to do. For you to become a river. Not just that you become a river, but out of you will flow rivers of living water. And, 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 it's, a, and it's speaking about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to go into that in a little depth to, in the next couple of sessions. But I have to let you know this. We cannot experience a revival without the Holy Spirit. If, you, if we as a generation, if we have to experience a revival, then we have to learn to honor and respect and, and celebrate the work of the Holy Spirit in our churches, to the work of the Holy Spirit in our homes, the work of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives. And it's the Holy Spirit who brings revival. It's the Holy Spirit that Jesus was talking about. He was not talking about a feeling that people will experience. He was not talking about a prophecy that will come. But he was talking about the Spirit that will be poured out. And jo Joel and uh, Prophet Joel and Apostle Peter, they, they said it like this. In the last days, I shall pour out my Spirit on all flesh not just on the pastors not just on the leaders but on all flesh that is what is revival when we reach that place when our children as small as Izzy and Esther and Zahal and Grace and Shiloh when they start speaking in tongues and when they start prophesying and when they start declaring the oracles of God that is revival that, that's, that's what will happen as a result of revival amen and, and, and nobody will be you know, exempt. Everybody will be part of it. The Bible says, I will pour out my spirit on, come on, speak it loud. 
or all and tell them flesh. that includes me. Uh, that includes me. Look at your other neighbor and tell them too. That includes me. Now, the, this outpour of the Holy Spirit is not something that we can that we have to experience once in a lifetime. You know, I, I was of the opinion that man, I have spoken in tongues. I think I have I'm, I have done it all. I have I have uh, received Jesus in my heart. I've gotten water baptized. I have even spoken in tongues. I think. I am perfect now. I am ready for heaven. The Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled in the Holy Spirit. Now being filled in the Holy Spirit is not a one-time affair that you do once after you get saved. It's a daily experience. It's a daily obedient you know, uh, uh, surrender that you have to do when you go to the presence of God and say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit afresh today. Give me fresh mercies for every single day that I experience. Amen? We, we think it is wrong to be drunk in wine for once in a year, but we don't think it is, it is a sin for us to not be filled in the Holy Spirit, you know, for six days a week. You know, we get filled in the Spirit on Sundays every morning when there is an anointed James Bassnet on the, on the, key, on the guitar and, and they're singing some anointed songs. Everybody is filled in the Spirit. And then Monday to Saturday, we forget. We, we do not acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit, but we have to live a life of continual surrender. Only then we can overflow. Everybody say overflow. You know, something that is not filled cannot overflow, right? Something that is not filled, uh, Pastor, can I just take your bottle? If, you know, how many of you can see water in this bottle? You know, now if this has to uh, bring out water, there has to be a leak for this bottle to bring out water, right? And so many times, you know, whatever God is doing in our life, most of those times, they are just leaks. You know, they are not, they're not out of an overflow. But that is not God's will for our lives. God's will for our lives is that it should be an overflow. Everybody say overflow. And overflow does not happen till it is full and you are still pouring in, only then will there be an overflow. Does it make sense? If you shut the bottle when, you, when it is full and you say, that's it. I have attained the, my purpose of life. I am full to the brim. I'm going to live like this for the rest of my life. Nobody is going to be blessed by it. Nobody is going to be used. Uh, it's, your life is not going to be useful to anybody. But when you let it overflow, somebody say overflow. Somebody say, Lord, make me an overflow. I want you to overflow through me. When you keep your life open and when you keep your life open to his presence, that is when there is an overflow. That is when there will be an overflow of his spirit, his presence through your life. Amen. Now to begin with this scripture, it gives us four keys. Everybody say four keys. And, and, and they are these. Everybody say thirst. Believe. Come. Drink. You read those words, you know, in the scripture, right? Anybody who is thirsty, let him come. And those who believe, out of him shall flow rivers of living water. Now, we're going we're gonna to just study these four words tonight. Is that okay? Somebody. 
Is that okay? Come on. I, I know it's hot. I know it's evening. We worked hard in setting up the chairs and doing all the work today. I know you're tired, but I want your response tonight. Amen? And the more you respond, the longer I will go. You're not happy about that. If, if you respond, I'm going to go all the way till 12. You know, the best thing about this venue is that it is a little locked out from the, the surroundings. So once we close the doors, the sound is not going to go out. And we can go all night long and I can preach all night long and nobody's going to stop us. Now you know why we booked a camp instead of a, uh, instead of a day conference. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go all, all night long. But... You know, the Bible says anybody who is thirsty, the first thing that you need to have, if you have to walk in the overflow, if you want God to make you the river, if you want God to use you like a river, is that you need to be thirsty. Amen. See, when we are not thirsty, God cannot quench that thirst. When we are not desperate, God will not move heaven and earth for you. You know, there is something about, there is something that touches the heart of God when His people become desperate for Him. Jesus looked at that woman who was, who crawled through thousands of people probably and, and reached out and touched the hem of His garment. He looked at that woman and He found a desperate heart. There was another woman who wanted Jesus to heal his, her, her daughter and Jesus called her a dog. Now if, if that would have happened in our culture, we would have said this is the most disrespectful teacher, pastor, leader that I have ever known. I am never going back to the... We, we get so easily offended by God. We are just looking for one thing to go wrong and we get offended and that shows a lack of thirst, a lack of desperation. We are so satisfied with the few things that we have got. We are so satisfied with that, that, that three words that you speak in unknown language and those three songs that you've been singing for the last 30 years of your life and that one sermon that you've been preaching all your life and, and we think that man that's 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 I think I, I think I know better than you, brother. I don't need. And, and the Bible says, anybody who is thirsty. Now my first question to you is, how thirsty are you today? How thirsty are you today? Depending on your thirst. I'm here. This, the, the whole agenda of me preaching to you is to revive your thirst. If you don't have a thirst, then I want to revive your thirst for God. I want to revive your thirst for His presence. I want to revive your need, your desperate need for God. When we become happy and satisfied with what we have, we lose it all. I, I, I still remember hearing the story of Amy Semple McPherson. He, she was a lady used by God for great revival, mighty healing and, and signs and wonders. And, and, and she 
when she got saved, she joined the Pentecostal church and you know, over there everybody speaks in tongues and she is like, wow, everybody speaks in tongues. I, I really want this. And she would sneak out of, um, you know, sneak out of her school. She wouldn't go to school when she's supposed to go to school and she will go to the house of this lady where there will be prayer services held every day and she will she'll be praying, Lord, I want what they have. I want what they carry and I want and she'll be praying. And, and Day one, nothing happened. Day two, nothing happened. And, and she's like, man, I think I'm going to get into trouble with my home because this is, is getting bad. And then she prayed. And thankfully, it began to snow all over the place. And, and it began to snow so much that all the roads and everything got blocked out. And, and she's like, wow, this is amazing. So she called home and she said, you know, this is what's happening. I cannot come back home. And, and she continued to pray. And the, and, and the story goes on to say that she continued to pray till she had an encounter with God. Till she had an encounter with God that, that filled her life with. And, and she started speaking in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is a small part of God. But if you can go to God and and say, God, until I have all of you, not just a little of you, until I have all of you, I'm not going to get satisfied. I'm desperate for you. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really thirsty for you. I, I, I still remember my, my personal story of getting um, filled in uh, uh, the Holy Spirit and, um, and speaking in tongues and stuff. I, I started, I, I got baptized with about four different people and all three of them got filled in the Holy Spirit and they started speaking in tongues within the first one year of baptism. And I'm waiting. I'll go from conference to conference. I'll have the most anointed men of God lay hands on me and I would hope that something will happen, some amazing lightning will strike, strike from heaven and I will, be, I will be, you know, jumping, screaming. But nothing happens. I'll go from conference to conference. I still remember this embarrassing conference that I was in. Amazing conference. It was in Washi in Navi Mumbai. And, uh, and there was a long line of people like this in the front and uh, I also remember the pastor who had come and he is praying for everybody one by one by one and and I was looking to my left and everybody he is laying hands on is getting filled in tongues and they are speaking in tongues and they are filled, getting filled in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, this is it. This is my day. I, I am not going to go back. And the same thing happened. He laid hands on me. He went on the right. Everybody in the line got filled in the Holy Spirit except me. And I was standing there watching everybody. And I was like, this... God, God, you really want to embarrass me. Because what happened after that prayer is that that pastor asked, how many of you received tongues and how many of you got filled? Everybody lifted hands except me. I was the one odd man out that God apparently rejected. And I was like, oh no. You know, you know that those are times when you can get very easily offended by God. And you're like, this speaking in tongues business is not for me. Have you, do you remember saying some of it? This, this healing business, it's, it's not for me. This, this God business, this doesn't work for me. It works for everybody else. 
just keep me out of it. I, I, I don't think I can, I want to go that far. I don't think I want to experience God in, in that way. And we lose, there are things that quench our thirst for God. And there are other things that, that give you fake water, not living water, dead water, stinking water, stale water. And you think that, man, this is it. This is it. I don't need God anymore. We, we get satisfied with Sunday sermons. We get satisfied with books that we read. We get satisfied. Sense revival. I am not getting off my knees. Unless God sends me an encounter, I am not leaving this house. That was, that was Jacob's story and that is why God blessed him. Do you know how Jacob, how Jacob got blessed? He basically, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know the right word to use for, for it. He, he basically threatened God. He said, that's it. I'm not leaving you till you bless me, till you touch me. I, I pray and I hope that, that God will birth that desire in some of our hearts. Psalm chapter 63 verse 1. Read it with me please. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul, it thirsts for you. My whole body, it longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Amen. You know, you, you will see you will see the different dimensions. You know, who, who are we? We are spirits. Everybody say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Amen. Now, now you will see this here. The, the psalmist is saying, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly. Who is this? This is the spirit speaking to the spirit of God. Lord, I earnestly, I'm searching for you. I'm desperate for you. I'm thirsty for you. And then he says, Lord, not just my spirit, even my soul. Read it with me. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body, it, it longs for you. I, I crave for you in my body. I crave for you in my soul and I crave for you in my spirit. With everything that I am, with everything that I, I have, I am desperate for Jesus. I'm desperate for a God encounter. I'm desperate for more of God. I'm desperate to become that living water that Jesus promised in John chapter 7 verse 38. Amen? Psalm 42 verse 2 I thirst for God the living God when can I go and stand before him can you imagine the psalmist cry he's like I, I, I'm, I'm so desperate I'm so thirsty for God I'm looking for an opportunity to go and stand before God I'm looking for one opportunity to lift my hands and call out his name and I'm just desperate I'm, I'm thirsty for Jesus. I'm thirsty for her, for, for, for an encounter with Jesus. Amen. Psalm 107 verse 9. This is a word of comfort for all of you who have been thirsty and waiting on God. Let's read this together. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. Somebody say good things. He gives me good things because he's a good father. The Bible in fact says if you you being evil parents know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father give a big house to all those who pray is that what it says how much more the heavenly father will give you a big nice good car is that what it says what does it say 
how much more the Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. This is Luke chapter 11 verse 13 for those of you who want this scripture. The Bible says He fills the thirsty and the hungry with good, good things. Amen. Jesus in fact said this to the Samaritan woman. Those who drink this water I will give will never be thirsty again. They will never be thirsty again. This water that we receive from God, it, it, it is the only thing that has the capacity to quench our thirst. It says that it becomes a fresh, everybody say fresh, bubbling spring within them. Amen. It becomes a, 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 there will be a sense of freshness about you. When you walk into a room, you don't have to necessarily wear a cologne or a deodorant to prove your presence there. There will just be a natural freshness about you when you walk in with the Holy Spirit. There will be a natural freshness. There will be a natural bubble inside of you. People around you, they cannot just, just live ordinary and be ordinary when you walk in because there is this fresh bubbling river a spring that is on the inside of you why because this water that Jesus is offering to us that we receive from him we receive when we are thirsty it's it's a living water it has the capacity to change everything that we are and everything that we've been amen so that's the first thing that we have to do everybody say scream thirst look at your neighbor tell them you've got to thirst tonight You've got to be desperate tonight. You've got to be hungry for Jesus tonight. Amen. The next question that I'm going to ask you is this. Do you have the courage to believe? Sometimes before this generation believes you, you have to believe your own words. We, we speak things that we don't really believe. We say that God will send revival, but in the heart of hearts, we don't even believe that God can ever do that or God will ever, ever do that. We, we, you know, the Bible says Moses' parents, they saw Moses and they saw that he was a special child. And because they saw that it was a special child, they, they said, we, we're going to protect this baby. You know, before the, the Pharaoh or Pharaoh's daughter could believe in the speciality that Moses carried, his own parents had to believe that he was special. You've got to believe what God has put on the inside of you. For long, for long, for long, we have been speaking words of unbelief. We've been speaking words of doubt and fear and now we're wondering why isn't my, there, there a breakthrough in my finances? You know, I'm, I'm tithing, I'm, I'm doing the right things, but uh, there is no, absolutely no breakthrough. Guys, girls, speak the right things. Your words, they have power to create wealth. Your words, they have power to unlock heavens. Your words is the greatest testimony of your belief. Because whatever is on the inside of you, out of the overflow of your heart, your 
mouth speaks. If your life is filled with unbelief and lack of faith, then every word that comes out of you is say, wait, I'm good for nothing. You are good for nothing. My church is good for nothing. My city, this, this, look at the potholes in our road. Man, Bangalore is good for nothing. Look at India. India is never going to prosper. And you, you do that from Monday to Friday and Sunday morning you come to church and you're praying for revival of India. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. You have to believe. And it takes courage to believe when you don't see the see it in front of you. Right? Like it's easy for me to stand up and say, tonight we are gonna get chicken biryani for dinner. <laughs> Amen. One person is excited for that. It doesn't take it doesn't take a lot of courage for me to say that because I saw the menu that's coming. I saw the food. I saw the, 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 the menu. It's chicken biryani, right? Tonight? Oh, that's good. <laughs> and it doesn't take courage for me to declare that. But it, it takes a lot of courage to stand up when you have absolutely no money in your bank account to declare, my children, they will go to the best school in India. My, my family, every need that they have will be taken care of by God. My city, my church, they will, we will experience such a revival, such an amazing move, God. It, it takes some real, real courageous people to believe that. And church, it's not enough that we be thirsty because sometimes we let our thirst overtake us and kill our faith. Our thirst cannot kill or quench our faith. We cannot become so desperate for, for revival that you, that you begin to say, man, there is no hope. There is no, I mean, I mean, this is it. We are going to be destroyed. And, and, and man, India, this, you know, I've, I've heard so many end time prophets who prophesy that. That's it. We are going to be all destroyed. And God is going to judge this city. God is going to judge this nation. Now, judgment is God's job. My job is to, is to bring his love to people. Amen. My job is to bring the forgiveness of God to people. And when you speak words of faith, when you begin to believe and, and speak words that bring, bring the heart of God. See, you have to understand, faith is what connects heaven and earth. Fear, anxiety, murmuring, none of it brings God's presence down. It is in, a, in an atmosphere of faith. Why do we worship? Why do we pray? Why do we have uh, the, the, the time of teaching of the word of God? Because the faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And the Bible says in the book of Jude, at all times pray in the Holy Spirit so that you can build each other in the most holy faith. Teach the word. When we worship and we declare God, declare who God really is, what is happening is our belief systems are getting worked on with. Amen. And, and, and for long the church has been filled with unbelievers who call themselves believers and, and, and we are wondering why we don't see results. If we have to see results, we have to, we have to take one step further from thirsting to even believing. And Jesus said, anybody who believes, not anybody who goes to church regularly, but anybody who believes. Are you willing to believe, church? 
Are you willing to believe that there is more? Are you willing to believe that God can use a nobody, a nothing? We, we heard Brother James' testimony. I mean, I, I think if, if God can use somebody like him, somebody who has been rejected by his own parents, if God can use him where, where there is absolutely nobody to invest into his life, I mean, what do you expect from a parent? Somebody who will invest into your life and pray for you and speak a word over you and bless you and raise you up. I think if God can use him, God can use every single one of us. All that it matters is, are you willing to believe? Are you willing to believe that God will use you for revival of India? Are you willing to believe that God will... You know, some of you African brothers, God has not brought you here just, just by, by chance. If you are here, you are called to bring revival to India too. Amen? Don't think that I will go back to Africa and I will, I will bring revival there. No, no, no. If God has brought you here, then there is a purpose for this season that you are placed in over here. Joseph was not placed in Egypt for the blessing of Israel only. Joseph was placed in Egypt but to also bless Egypt. Because when Egypt got blessed, even his family got blessed and provided for. Same thing with Daniel. When Daniel blessed the land of Babylon, his people got taken care of. Amen. So God has not brought you here just to say that when I go back home, I will plant a church, I will do something new. No, no, no. If you are in this place, you are positioned by God for revival. You are positioned by God for greatness. And if you believe it, God will use you for it. The book of Psalm 78, verse 21 and 22. When the Lord heard them in speaking about the Israelites, He was furious. The fire of His wrath burned against Jacob. Yes, his anger rose against Israel for they, read it with me, for they did not believe God or trust him to take care of them. Can I, can I see the hands of people who believe that God will take care of me? That God will take care of me. And I'm going to just trust. You know, we, we don't see lack of trust as a big deal. But the Bible calls it a sin. Read John chapter 16 verse 9. It says, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. We, we think that adultery is a big deal and, you know, and uh, uh, smoking and drinking is the biggest sins. Let me tell you, even lack of belief is a sin. Our, our sin sometimes is that we, we choose not to believe. We stay in our hearts, we sing songs that we believe in Jesus. But in our words, in our life, in our actions, because faith without works is... And so many times in our actions we don't really believe. Uh, oh God help us. The Bible says, Genesis 15 says, And Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. It was Abraham's faith that promoted him. It was not just his obedience. It was not just all the other things. His sacrifice, his love, his worship. It was his belief system. If we can get our belief system right, I think we, we will be the most blessed people on earth. We will be, the, we'll be people who will be crazy headache to the devil. 
we if, if we can believe that god can raise the dead you know i heard a pastor in india say this in in madhya pradesh we were in a meeting and he said this he said it's easier to raise a dead person than to heal a sick person i'm like i i'm not really sure that, that that's true <laughs> because he said he said just think about the logic when you want to pray for a person's healing you have to believe that person has to be healed and that person also has to believe that this person has to be healed but when you're praying for a dead person that person is dead only you have to believe and it's easier to have faith to see a dead person rise and i think i think we are living in a generation when dead people will rise i let, let let this be the minimum qualification for everybody in this place that every one of you in your lives in your careers in your ministry you will raise dead people that has to be the minimum qualification that is the amount of grace god has poured on our generation that is the amount of that is the amount of open heavens and access that we have amen we will see dead people rise we will we will see sick people sick people out of all kinds of sicknesses just this last sunday you know i was praying and 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 this word kept coming back you know god is healing a skin infection and you know it's easy for me to there were other things that god was showing i'm like god i will not pray for skin infection because skin infection it has to be shown immediately or you know it has to be you know it has to reflect immediately right and god god kept you know so i ignored that the first time i said god skin infection is too too difficult to <laughs> you know speak and then god brought that back again and again skin infection on the back and there was a sister who had the skin infection for 10 long years and she's tried all type of medicines and all types of soaps and everything and she wrote to us the other day saying you know what i went back home i didn't believe myself i wanted to went back go back home and test it and it's healed i have worked i have tried this for 10 long years and it's not worked and and one word from god can bring healing amen all it required see even that sister didn't believe all it required was for me to just just believe that god will do it if god has said it he will do it amen when we trust god when we trust god when we believe god let's read this verse hebrews 11 says it is impossible everybody say impossible to please god without faith when we exercise our faith we please god we are not doing this to please the person who is going to be healed we are not doing this to please the world saying look how much faith i have we are doing this to please god amen because you know worship what is what is worship all about worship is about pleasing god we think that worship is about us feeling goosebumps no no wait worship is about god feeling goosebumps that when you worship god has to get goosebumps say whoa that is exciting that is pleasurable that is enjoyable amen and 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 the bible actually says this that when you exercise your faith god gets goosebumps because it, it it brings pleasure he is pleased when we believe amen i'm just halfway through the sermon and the next two hours i'm going to preach the next two points is that okay i'm just kidding the, the let me let me come to a quick conclusion the third question that i have to ask you is how close are you willing to come and if you read the scripture in john 7 it'll say if you are thirsty 
If you believe, then come. If you're thirsty, and if you believe, then come. This is our problem. We are thirsty, and we believe also, but we are too lazy to go to God. We are, we are like, God, you know, I believe that you will send revival, but we are too lazy to pray. We are too lazy to wake up in the morning and pray. We are too lazy to... I mean, who does not want a very athletic body with sits, abs and, 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 and muscles that will go crazy? Who doesn't want it? Anybody in this place who, who says that, I don't want good body, I, I, I don't think I need... Everybody wants it, but we are too lazy to wake up and go to the gym and work and run and, 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 and work so that we can develop the muscles. That is the problem with the church today. We are like, yes Lord, I believe. Yes Lord. And, and we sometimes when we pray, the amount of tears that we spend, I, 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 I felt, God, why is it that you're not sending revival? Have you seen how much she cries? Then if only, if only I was a father, I would have gone out of my way to give whatever she needs. But so often, we don't come to God. We, we go to people, we go to church, we go from conference to conference, camps to camps, uh, everywhere else but to God. That is why we don't see our breakthrough. We need breakthrough. We need to come to Jesus himself. And that's why we put that name out there. You know, We said, if, if we lose the focus, if we, sometimes we, 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 we say, worship, 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 and, and, and our life is all about worship, and we forget who we are worshiping. Sometimes we are praying for revival, 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 and, and we forget who brings the revival. Sometimes we, we are, it's all about the word, the word, word, the word, and then we forget who is the word of God. It's all about Jesus. When if we, if all that we do stops us from coming to Jesus, if, if we stop one step short of reaching Jesus, man, we've lost the whole deal. Lost the whole deal. Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Now put your hands on the person on the left and the right and, and tell them the Lord is giving you rest in this season. Just keep a hand on their shoulder. Doesn't matter how heavy your burdens have been. If you come to Jesus, He will give you rest. It doesn't matter how crazy your work stress has been. He is releasing, stre- he's releasing rest over you. This next three days is a season of resting. Because you have come to Jesus, He is releasing rest into all those troubled areas. All those unwanted calls, the Lord is releasing a rest from those unwanted things. In Jesus' mighty name, everything that has been pulling you down, if you come to Jesus today, He is giving you rest. In the mighty name of Jesus. Sister, what's your name? What's your name? Esther. The Lord says, I'm going to give you rest in this season. There have been people who are trying to malign you and trying to talk all kinds of evil about you and say that you're not worth it and, 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 and call you names. And the Lord says, I'm taking you into a season of rest. Esther, it's been long since you've been crying, you've been praying, you've been feeling rejected. At times even hopeless that, you know, I don't, 
I don't see a way out of it. But the Lord says, this is a season of rest. Can we just pray for her? I see, I sense so much of rejection and pain that this sister has gone through. But tonight we are releasing the rest of God over her life. We are releasing this verse. Everybody who is heavy and they carry burdens, let them come. And, and they will receive rest. Father, we pray over Esther right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We release the rest of God over her life. We release the rest of God in these next three days. She will be revived. Oh Lord, she will be blessed. Every, every burden in our heart will be lifted completely, Lord. Every accusation against her past, against her family, it will be disconnected from her ears. In the name of Jesus, she shall remember them no more. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Father, we release the rest of God over her life. We release the rest of God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. How many of you know, thank you Esther, how many of you know that when, when we come to God, the first thing God does is God brings in a healing in the, in the natural realm. You know, when, 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 the, when the guy who was, who, the, what is his name, prodigal son, we still call him prodigal son, he returned 2000 years back, but even till now we kept, keep calling him the prodigal son, he, he returned back to his father and, and what did he say? Lord, he didn't say, I love you, Father. That's why I came back. He didn't say that I, I, I want to, I, I did what I did was wrong. I had a genuine repentance and that's why I came back. What did he come for? He came to be a servant. He, he saw that the food in the father's house is better than what he was experiencing. He just came for food. But along with the food, what he got is love. Along with the food. So sometimes when God, when you come to Jesus, the first thing God gives you is just food. But that's not all that he has for you. There is more. Everybody say there is more. There is more. First thing he sometimes gives you is rest. Sometimes he just, he just releases that season of happiness and that season of provision and that season of being taken care of. Those physical, tangible needs being taken care of. But there is more. There is more that he's releasing over your life. There is more that he's releasing over your destiny. There is more that he's releasing over what you have. Then it's, it says in Mark chapter 1 verse 17. Jesus said, Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Now, he's not just giving them rest. He is also giving them a purpose. When you come to Jesus, you don't just receive a healing, but you also receive a testimony. You also receive a story. You also receive an assignment. You also receive a destiny. You also receive a path to walk on. And, 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 and we stop one stop. One, one step before coming to Jesus but if we come to Jesus we don't just receive rest but we receive a purpose for our lives and many people in this place I sense this when I was praying today this evening are people who've, who've not, who don't have direction in life who, who don't have any ambition any goal in life you don't know where you're headed to what you are called for and the Lord says over this next three days I am going to release purpose over your life I'm going to release direction over your life I'm going to give you precision Size direction, says the Lord. Step by 
by step direction says the Lord and and you will not go out of here without hearing the voice of God every single one of you I prophesy that over your life Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 10 I love this verse read it with me please it says my lover said to me rise up my darling come away with me my fair one this is Jesus saying Jesus saying hey hey wait I, I have given you rest I have also given you a purpose but now I want to give you intimacy rise up come away with me you know get rid of your schedules and your conferences your busyness just you know come away with me I want to spend one-on-one personal time with you and the Lord is calling us into that the Lord is saying that I want you to come to that place where where you see me not as a provider not just as the Jesus the Lord of all mankind but you see me as your lover how, how, how does lovers respond to each other? All the married people in this place, you, you would understand what I'm talking about. How do, how do lovers respond to each other? Or are you saying after marriage it becomes bad? <laughs> Why are you so expressionless? But how do married people respond to each other when, when the other person says, come? Hey, leave your cooking. I don't want food today. Just come. Just spend time with me. I'm, I, want you, I want some personal time with you. And Jesus is calling you saying, Come my son. Come my daughter. I want some personal time with you. You know, one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're going to spend time praying every night and every morning in the dome out there. It's going to be noisy. But just come. There is no compulsion, by the way. Those who want to go rest or you want to go back home, you can go. But, but the place is going to be open every night at 10 o'clock and every morning at 7 o'clock. The place is going to be open for people who just want to come. Just, just come a little closer to him. Who wants to just... And, and it's not necessary you have to come to the dome to pray. There is a big place in this, in this place that you can just walk around the whole place and you can pray. Let's, let's do this. Let's clock two hours of prayer every day. One hour in the morning one hour at night. Is that possible? You know, whatever you do consistently for three days, you can, it, it, it becomes a pattern that you can push for about seven days. If you can do it for seven days, then you can push it for 21 days. If you can do it for 21 days, that becomes a habit that stays with you for the rest of your life. Sometimes your prayer life has to begin as a duty. You're like, this is a duty I will go I will do it irrespective of what then then after the duty it becomes a discipline then you don't feel that burden you it's a discipline every morning I have to wake up and brush every morning I have to as a discipline you just go get up and pray and then comes the place of delight when that when you reach that place of delight you don't want to leave his presence anymore after that you're like Lord can I can we just build some tents here on the mountain top? We don't want to go back home. One for Peter, one for Pastor Josh, one for Ruani, and, and one for all the pastors in this place. We, can, we just, can we just stay here, Lord? Can we just be here for the rest of our life? Can we not just go back? Can we just be here in the presence? And sometimes that, that, that has to happen with us. That has to happen. Where we fall so much in love with Jesus that we don't want to leave his presence. Somebody said an amen. amen. 
James chapter 4 verse 8. The Bible says, read it with me, okay? Read it loud and clear. Come close to God and God will come close to you. This is a condition. It's saying, when you come close to God, when you draw near to me, when you take the first step and you walk in day in and day out, God will draw near to you. It's a promise. When you draw near to him, he draws near to you. He has given you open access. He is, he is calling out to you saying, Come my beloved, come my darling, come my fair one. But he's not going to force you to come to his presence. But when you take that one step, the Bible says, He will take the remaining steps to come and meet you wherever you are. You don't have to walk all the way up to heaven to meet him. Enoch just took the first few steps and God came to walk with him for the remaining steps. If we will just... Go after him day in and day out. If we can just make a discipline of running after Jesus. It says, wash your hands you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. This is what stops us from going to God. Our loyalty is first to our, our office, then to our marriage, then to that movie. The latest movie that is coming out in town that you cannot live without and that India-Pakistan match that's coming on television on Sunday afternoon. You know, I have cleared my schedule for Sunday afternoon to be uh, in front of the television. I, you know, Ruani was supposed to be at home. I said, Ruani, can you go and meet this person on Sunday afternoon so I can watch the match? I'm just kidding. That's not why I did that. <laughs> we, our loyalty is divided between people, between... All, all the expectations that people have from us. And, 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 you know, we don't have to do some very scary sin for God to call you a sinner. You know, what, what, what is the worst? It says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty. God is not saying, oh, you adulterer, you have to wash your hands. Oh, you stealer, you thief, you have to wash your hands. No. What is God saying? God is saying, hey, I see something very dangerous that your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And that, I think, is the biggest sin. I, you know, I think we have, we, we have established that all the other things are smaller sins. And, and here we are where we're saying, Lord, if my heart is not craving after you, if my life is not desiring after you, then I think that... I, I, I am a sinner. I am a crazy, crazy sinner. And I need purification this morning. I, I, need, I need my hands to be washed. I need my heart to be washed afresh. And God is saying, come close to me. Come close to me. Can I just quickly finish and then we'll pray? The fourth point is, is will you surrender and drink? Jesus didn't be finished with thirst. Jesus said, you know, why don't you go on and... and uh, believe. Jesus didn't stop just with believe. Jesus said, why don't you also take a step closer to me? Come close, come close. And then Jesus says, you, it's not enough that you just come. It's necessary that you begin to partake. That you begin to drink. You begin to drink. Everybody say drink. I don't have time to go into this in detail, but let me just read all the scriptures and we'll try to make sense of it. Is that okay? Matthew 26 verse 39. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yes, yet I want 
your will to be done not mine Jesus is praying Jesus is saying Lord I really don't want to drink of this cup that you have in store for me Jesus stole this to the sons of Zebedee Matthew chapter 20 verse 22 this is what the Bible says Jesus answered them saying you don't know what you are asking are you able to drink from the bitter cup that I am about to drink oh yes they replied we are able these guys had no idea what they are saying yes to they said, yes, 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 we are able, we, are, we would like to drink, we would like to partake, we would like to join you in your suffering. And the Bible says, Matthew 26 verse 27, it says, then he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for each of it. He, and he gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it. He was doing a, a divine exchange at that point. He was saying, hey, you know what? The cup of suffering, I'm going to take it on your behalf. But I'm going to give you a cup of, that reminds you of my covenant for you. You have to drink of the new covenant. In the new covenant, I'm not here to say that you will have trouble and persecution and pain. There might be from time to time persecution for, for when you stand up for the Lord. But the cup that he is offering, he is, it's, a, it's a pleasurable drink that he is offering to us. Because what he did for us on the cross was a divine exchange. The cup that was bitter, the cup that was painful, he took it and he said, let me drink of that cup. So that you and I, we can drink from the pleasurable cup we can drink from the cup that will bring us life Jesus in fact said this Matthew 26 29 mark my words I will not drink wine again or I will not drink this cup again until I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom Jesus was saying hey wait wait, wait. I'm, I'm giving you this new cup to drink from and I'm gonna hold back and I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm gonna hold back and I'm gonna pray for you I'm gonna watch you I'm gonna we're gonna celebrate together this is exclusively for you and together we're going to celebrate in our father's house when we meet together and we're going to partake of the same cup we're going to drink from the same cup we're going to enjoy we're going to have pleasures together revelation 22 verse 17 it says and the spirit and the bride says come let anyone who hears this say come let anyone who is thirsty come let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life do you see the number of times it says come you cannot drink unless you come when you come the next thing that you do is you begin to drink of freely of this water of life that he is offering for us amen read these four words with me thirst believe come drink let's repeat it once again thirst believe Come, drink. Once again. Amen. And the Bible says, this is what the Bible says. Do you have the verse? It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, 
rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Amen. Amen. All, all eyes closed. All eyes closed. I, I don't care. I, I don't know where, where is your loyalty divided. What is it that the enemy is doing to keep your loyalty away from God? Whatever it is. If, if you are willing to surrender tonight, the Lord is willing to heal you and restore you and bring you back to him. Mm-hmm.